Open to the Gospel of Luke. Could you stand with me and honor God's word? Luke chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in 39. Luke 139, are you there? Say amen. Just want to say those of you are watching um, live, we've just got new cameras, so, so hang with us. And uh, if there are any bugs, we're working them out. But it should be much better than my cell phone that we were live streaming with up until this point. No, no joke, my cell phone was our live stream. So um, we are blessed. Verse 39, it says, A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Father in heaven, what a beautiful picture of a godly mother Mary is. And Father, I ask that we could learn from her. Father, I ask that we would be inspired by her. So much so, God, that we would even have a heart for more than just our own biological children. That we would become spiritual moms and dads to many. Father, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to see, hear, and receive what we never had before this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. Today I want to look at why Mary was blessed and how you can be too. Because Elizabeth here declares why Mary is blessed among women. In verse 45 it says that Mary was blessed because she believed that the Lord would do what he said. I thought that that was powerful. Why God said that through Elizabeth and why Mary's faith stands out is our Mother's Day study today. And how we can be inspired by Mary is our, is our takeaway First, just a, a little disclaimer. It's taken me a while to get where I am regarding Mary. Lisa and I were both raised Catholic. Um, and, uh, and so from, I mean, my earliest childhood, um, grade school, high school, I went to Catholic schools. Lisa's mother was a Catholic nun. You might not know that. Um, one day they were talking about the vows that they had that they had made and that they had taken and Lisa's mother knew in that moment she wanted to be a wife and a mother and I'm so glad that she did. She had three amazing kids and my beautiful wife is the oldest of the three and so she left the convent in West Virginia and she, uh, she came back home to Michigan and uh, so glad about a year or so later met Lisa's dad and, and the rest is history. But growing up Catholic, um, there was a great deal of emphasis put, put on Mary. Songs were sung to her, prayers were prayed to her. And so when I became a Christian, I wanted to do away with everything that had to do with Mary because I came out of such an extreme belief in her. I don't know if you can identify with that or not. Maybe this is just Pastor John's true confessions this morning. But 
Um, I, I struggled with anything having to do with Mary. And when you have traditions that color you, how many of you realize that then there are scriptures that can't minister to you? And so, because I was colored about Mary, there were all of these wonderful verses about Mary that I just struggled to receive because I didn't want anything to do with her because I'd seen her worshiped and I'd seen her prayed to like she was God and I did not want to be a part, from that, a part of that and so I kind of pushed away from it. And I've come to find in recent years uh, to, that you can have a very healthy balance and, appreciate, and appreciation for Mary and God's purpose for her. And I realized this, that as much as Mary was a wonderful example in, of faith and trust in the Lord, the significance was not with Mary, but within Mary. The significance was not with Mary, it was within Mary. I hope you're going to get that this morning, saints, because it's a large part of where we're going, because it's the same for you and I. The significance is Jesus within us, not us. And anytime it begins to be about us, things get a little weird, and they get further away from Jesus in us. You want Jesus in you to be seen. You don't want to be noticed. You really, really don't. And you definitely don't want the glory. You really, really don't. And every time you, you take a... A, a piece of the pie or you want a bit of the glory, the value of Jesus, in my estimation, depreciates a little. And it becomes a little bit more about you than it is Jesus. And what you want to be is this amazing, beautiful vessel, this conduit that Jesus flows through and you are striving your whole life long from the moment you come to meet him to the moment you see him face to face, to get out of the way so that Jesus can be seen and you're not as much. John the Baptist nailed it in John chapter three when he said, I must decrease, Christ must increase. He must increase, I must decrease. So to draw attention to us is to draw it away from Jesus. We can't change anyone, but Jesus can change anyone. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, 17. As the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. The, the pure of the testimony the more it is about Jesus. The, the, the greater the witness, the more it is about Jesus. The, the, there is a healthy boasting, and that's a boasting about the Lord. In fact, when it comes to you, the Bible says, let another's lips boast about you. When it comes to you, you boast about, you boast about the Lord. So let's look at Mary's conversation with the angel Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. So I'm going to go back there and find it with you. Luke 1, 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. 
Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and you'll be called and he'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. It's estimated that Mary could have been as young as 12 years old, a normal age to marry for a young girl in our culture would have been 13. Um, in that culture, as soon as a girl began her menstrual cycle, she was um, able to marry, and she, once married, was expected to give birth to a child every year. The average life expectancy of somebody living in those days was about 35 years old. So Mary could have been anywhere from 12, 13, 14 years old. Can you imagine the immense maturity that she must have had? By our culture, by today's standards, she's a girl. She can't drive, she can't vote. I mean, she's a girl. She's becoming a young woman, but by today's standards, Mary would have been considered a girl. And yet Gabriel appears to her. How powerful is that? For Mary to grasp everything she did at such a young age was absolutely amazing. But the question I want to pose to you today is, why did God speak through Elizabeth? I mean, because it's Elizabeth's words that have been immortalized concerning Mary, the Blessed Virgin, blessed among women. Among women, we used to we used to pray it in the Catholic Church. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. We'd pray it over and over and over and over, and it was really inspired by what Elizabeth said to Mary. Why through Elizabeth? Why Elizabeth? Why did God say through Elizabeth that Mary was blessed? Because she believed what the Lord, believed the Lord would do what he said. Our answer is going to be found in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Look at Luke 1.18. It says, Zacharias said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. You know you're in trouble when Gabriel has to tell you who he is. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news, but now since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. The reason why Elizabeth was the one that called Mary blessed, because she believed what that the Lord would do what he said is because her husband did not believe when Gabriel appeared to him. And she saw the effects. She saw that God closed her husband's mouth until 
John the Baptist was born. And in verse 20, it says it all, since you didn't believe what I said. See the contrast? Gabriel appears both to Zechariah and to Mary. Zechariah didn't believe. Mary did believe. So let's finish by looking at Mary's response in Luke 1, 34 through 38 again, because you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, it it didn't seem like she believed. Let's look at it again. Mary asked the angel in verse 34, Luke 1, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, Mary wasn't doubting. She was asking a pretty valid question for a young lady. You know, wait a minute, you're telling me that I'm going to be pregnant? I've never been with a man before. I think it's pretty sound logic um, for her to ask that. Mary asked a valid question. She wasn't doubting. Zachariah doubted, and he was silenced for a time. Mary believed and sang the Magnificat, a song of praise, Faith is best seen through praise, and Mary's was. Like Mary, we don't have to fully understand to praise God. Like Zechariah, if we're going to doubt it, it'd be better if we were silent for a little while. I think about Joshua and the Israelites marching around the walls of Jericho. They were forbidden to say anything. Because you got to believe every day that they marched around those walls They're looking at those walls thinking, man, there is no way, no way that this is going to happen. No way. And so Joshua told them, do not speak. Man, if you're in faith, you can praise God. If you're in doubt, it's best you be silent. I found doubt can be contagious. I've walked into hospital rooms and Man, you would have thought that that person was as good as dead by the time the family got done with them. And I said, hey, 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 what do we know that the doctor said for certain? For certain. Okay, now let's pray. And seeing the entire climate and atmosphere in that hospital room change. I've walked into environments where people are not long for this earth and they're they're, they're home on a bed in the middle of the living room and all the families there and... I've been able to pray with everybody in the house and see them all pray a prayer inviting Jesus into their heart. If you're going to be bold and if you're going to be of faith, then go ahead and speak and go ahead and praise. But if you're going to doubt, man, zip it. Zip it. And a loud signal is being sent by God to Zechariah and anyone that would, you know, that would question God like he did. Gabriel's very presence should have said that this is legit. And he had to tell him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. Right about then and there, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So what can we learn from Mary? 
that those blessed of the Lord sing more praise than speak doubt. If you've been blessed by God, why are you doubting now? If you're blessed by God, why are you doubting now? Like what you're facing today is so much worse than what you were facing a year ago or two years ago or three years ago. Did God come through for you then? Has he shown himself not to be faithful? Has he shown himself to be weak concerning you from time to time? I think not. We might be unfaithful and we might be weak, but God's forever faithful. In fact, if I understand scripture right, Jesus is coming back with a tat that says faithful and true on his thigh because it's who he is. God's faithful. And if God is faithful and we all acknowledge that he's faithful, then why do we doubt and why do we struggle at times? What else can we learn from Mary? We can learn that what we carry for the Lord is more important than we are. And man, that can be tough. That can be tough to, to a tough place to arrive at. But what we carry within us is more important than we are. And we do our God a disservice when we're drawing more attention to ourselves than we are to him. And it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to grasp because 1 Samuel 16, 7, God telling Samuel when he was looking at David's sons that had the bearing of a king, he said, men look at the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. And so it's difficult to get people to see the Jesus within us, and they are so prone and so given to see the flesh The flesh that's always present, always in their face, and they're always dealing with it, whether they're neighbors or classmates or coworkers or family or friend, or they're always seeing our flesh. We need them to see our faith. When you see the armor of God listed in Ephesians chapter 6, we know that Paul was under Roman guard and he was being watched. And so like many of us, we're, we're inspired and God speaks to us by, by the things that we see. And so Paul's looking at this Roman soldier and God begins to speak to him about the armor of God. And Paul mentions a shield of faith. If you look up the word shield, it's an unusual word. It's, it's not anything that denotes something small. It's something quite large. In fact, it was first used to denote the stone that would be rolled over a tomb entrance. That's how big. So the first thing people should see is how large our faith is, not how dominant our flesh is. Or not how needy and wanting, and wanting our, our flesh is. In fact, David said one of the, 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 the signs of a, a solid relationship with the living God is that he is your shepherd and that you shall not want. When the Lord's really your shepherd, you are not in want, you're not in need. And for Mary to be able to grasp something so immense so quickly, let it be unto me, just as you said. For her to be able to grasp that in a moment. I mean, what a mind-blowing moment that must have been for a young girl. Gabriel's appearing to her. 
already told Zechariah, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. Almost like, do you even understand? Can you even grasp who you're doubting in front of? And yet Mary is able to, to, to grasp it all in a moment. What an amazing young woman she was. No wonder why she's blessed. And let me also ask you this. God knew who he was appearing to through Gabriel. He knew exactly who he was appearing to. And you would have thought the younger, experienced high priest would have been able to grasp, grasp things. I've never, it never ceases to amaze me how long someone can be raised in the church and not grasp some of the most basic and fundamental principles of a relationship with the living God and Christianity and how someone so young can get it so quickly and so readily. We can also learn from Mary that whether our role be big or small, Jesus gets all the glory. Be it unto me. But I want a bigger role. Well, maybe you can't handle a bigger role and maybe God just wants you to be faithful with this role and maybe you're going to impact lives that are going to impact thousands and millions. You don't know. Let God be God. You be the servant. And don't figure him out. and Don't try to get ahead of him because that's where discouragement lies. Discouragement lies where you think and where you're almost certain that and you begin, man, when it comes to God, man, don't question him, serve him. And he doesn't, offer, he doesn't owe you an explanation all the time. That's why so many times when you're praying, God doesn't give you an explanation, he gives you instruction. Wait on me, trust in me, be patient. I'm working patience in and through you. He'll say things like that to you. I love you. I love you. I need an answer to prayer right now. What do you mean you love? No, I think I know you love me, God. I'd really like an answer. I'd really like you to come through. Trust me. And when we want explanations, God's given us instructions. Because he leads us by instruction. Because we are followers of God, we need more instruction than explanation. And with his instruction, you'll begin to figure things out as we go. Come on, church, this isn't rocket science. This is a walk with a living God. And you will never be in a place while you are on this earth where you are not totally dependent and trusting in him. And that's why it gets difficult at times because you stop trusting. You stop following. Man, what good is it that I've served God all these years? What good is it that I've, that I've done this, this, and that? God, if you can't come through for me right now like I prefer you to, Man, sometimes I wonder if God were to send Gabriel in our situation, Gabriel would say, I stand in the very presence of God. What was that again? What was your problem? I, I, I'm sorry. And we're so much more mindful of earth than we are of heaven. So much more mindful of earth. And it's all about us, and it's all about what we're going through, and it's, it's all about how we see things and, and understand things. And yet this young girl, man, she got it. So got it. Come on, grasp this. Mary, you're going to be pregnant, and God's going to be the one to impregnate you. Okay, may it be unto me. 
How many of us would have been able to handle that assignment? I believe we can also learn from Mary, and this is something that I've had to arrive at and something that I had to learn. Don't allow people to worship you because of your faith in many blessings. I bet if Mary were alive today, she'd say, you guys, you guys, don't pray to me. Don't worship me. Don't. I was just blessed among women. I remember hearing worship leader Paul Wilbur, um, uh, wonderful, wonderful Jewish worship leader. He wrote things like Praise Adonai and just an um, amazing, amazing teacher. And I remember him preaching one night when I was on staff in Grand Haven, and he said, Mary was just a nice Jewish girl. Man, don't allow people to, to worship you, to sing your praises when you know that God's the only one that deserves them. Don't let them get away with that. You know, Cornelius tried to drop at Peter's feet too when he showed up in his house, and Peter goes, hey, hey, I'm just a man like you. John, the apostle John dropped at the, at the angel's feet when he was getting the revelation. Hey, 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 don't worship me. God's the only one that can be worshiped. He's the only one that can be worshiped. And like Corey shared last Sunday, wasn't that a great message by Corey? It's amazing how the devil has always wanted to be worshiped. He couldn't grasp it even as in, in his position. What an honored role he had. Couldn't even grasp it. And somehow he wanted what God alone deserved. And it gets weird when we want what God alone deserves. And this girl grasped it and she was blessed because she did. And then lastly, I would encourage you to do what Mary did. And that's why she could say, my soul does magnify the Lord. Always bring them back to the source of your faith and blessings. Let me tell you why. This is the Lord's. Do you really believe it's the Lord's? Or have you taken the blessing and you think that it's yours? Your blessings belong to the source of those blessings. That's why it shouldn't be difficult for us to honor God with our giving. Because we're recognizing the source of our blessings. If you can't honor God, you think that you're the source. Well, man, where is God when I'm putting in those 10, 12, 14-hour days? When I'm doing those back-to-backs, those 16 hours, where is God? God gave you that job. That's where God is. God's given you the grace to do this. That's where God is. God calls you to be plucked out of everybody else and employed. That's where God is. He gives you the power to get wealth, Deuteronomy 8 says. Always bring them back to the source. Are you the source? And draw them to you. And you're only going to last so long. There's only so much you to go around. You bring them back to Jesus. And he'll keep changing them from the inside out. They'll impact other people's lives. Don't let them sing your praises. Man, if they do, don't let it happen for long. Bring them back to the source. It's Jesus. It's what Mary did. My soul does magnify the Lord. I love that line. I just love that line. My, my mind, my will, my emotions, with everything that I am, I magnify the Lord. And there probably wasn't a person being used by God in that moment to the magnitude that Mary was, but she magnified God, not herself. 
be it unto me. Just as you say. Maybe God has you in a situation you might be struggling right now. Maybe God has you in a place where he's not offering you detailed explanation. Maybe much like he said to Mary, if you think about it, he, he really didn't offer this young girl the greatest explanation in the world. The power of God's going to overshadow you. And, uh, and yet she grasped it enough to say, you know, be it unto me, just as you said. Could you say that today? Could you have a Gethsemane moment where it's nevertheless not your will but God's that his be done? Could, could, could you do that? Or are you still trying to demand justice? Are you still hoping that all of those people that said wrong things about you or did wrong things to you that they're going to come falling at their feet and say that they're sorry and that you were right all along? Or can you relinquish those things, release them to the Lord and say, God, be it unto me. I know that you're going to instruct me through this. I know you're going to lead me through this. I'm going to follow you. Not going to follow my hurt, not going to follow my pain, not going to follow misunderstandings. And God, I'm not going to doubt. I know that you're alive. No wonder why in biblical times they would build altars in significant places. Jacob would pour oil on a stone that he used as a pillow. No wonder why. So that they would remember. So that they would remember. Even when they crossed the Jordan, they didn't have one pile of 12 stones. They had two. Two piles. So that they would remember so that they would remember. Do you remember all the times that God came through for you? Do you remember all the moments where God came through you, through for you? Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Believe. Believe Mary was blessed because she believed. Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. If we're believers, then let's believe. And as I understand it, as we believe, we are then in right standing with God. Righteous people are in right standing with God. They're not perfect. They don't do everything perfectly, but they are pure in heart and they are in right relationship and right standing before God. That's what they are. That's who they are. And our righteousness are as filthy rags, but through Christ Jesus, we're righteous before God. How amazing is that? That this, this girl what she was willing to grasp and understand in a moment and yield her entire body to do has purchased for us this relationship with a living God today so that we can boldly approach his throne to obtain grace and mercy in a time of need. And you could need grace and you could need mercy right now. And the Bible says that if we would humble ourselves, we could obtain more grace. God gives more grace. That's what scripture says. So whether you're watching live or whether you're here physically present, I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you. And you need to arrive at a place where you can rest and you can relinquish and you can receive the grace that God has for you today. That's you. 
That's you. So all over this place, if God's speaking to your heart, whatever your situations and circumstances are, just want you to stand and we're going to pray together. Feel free, those of you that are watching us, to stand with us. Father in heaven, you see these people standing. You know their situations. You know every detail of their lives, your word says. Every detail. There's nothing you don't know. Not a thing. Father, we come to you right now. And what we need more than anything is not another thing from you. We simply need you. You're the significance. You're the purpose. You're the one we need to remember. You're the one. Father God, you see every heart, you see every need. God can make sense of it. Yes, he can. Psalm 111 says that a good understanding have all those who keep his commands. You can have a good understanding. A complete understanding, no one gets this side of heaven. But a good understanding you can have. Can you move on if it doesn't make sense? God showed Daniel dreams that Daniel didn't even understand. And God told him, go your way, Daniel. It's not for you to understand. But God allowed him to see it. So just because you see it, you've got to understand it. Could God be saying, don't concern yourself with that right now. Go your way. It's not for you to understand, even though you've seen it. Not everything you see do you have to understand. Father, give us peace. Peace. Peace like a river. Peace like a river. Father, I pray over every person standing.